Hello and I love you. And welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. Uh, my name's Mac and Carol. This is my show where I talk to people that I care about and that I know and that I want to get to know. And they are casual interview conversation portraits with uh, people when we usually talk about creativity and relationships and other stuff. Uh, and it's whatever I want. And if you are mad at me because you don't like what my podcast is about, then you can freaking go away. Um, I don't have much to say today. Um, and so I just want to get into the interview. It's a great conversation with my dear friend, Vanessa. They're a fantastic poet, and they're a fantastic person. And we talk a lot about poetry and songwriting and where those two things intersect. And we talk about this in our conversation, but they ran a workshop for a while, a poetry workshop that they graciously invited me to. That's something that I'm eternally fascinated by, is the uh, connection between poetry and songwriting. And uh, we also talk about relationships. We talk about polyamory. We talk about monogamy and um yeah you know freaking navigating all things heart and mind here on happy sad talk thing oh and vanessa also shares some other fantastic poetry at the very end so uh if you are curious to hear uh fucking awesome poems they're at the end so stick around and also i love you Again, And if you haven't left a review for this podcast, this is a little section for you. I know I said I was going to get to the interview. I actually lied. I have a, the, some business to attend to first. And it's talking to you if you haven't left a review. If you left a review, you're my best friend. I love you. You're my family. I'll die for you. I'll kill somebody for you. Everybody gets one murder from me for them. But if you haven't, and that's and I and I murder someone who hasn't. So if you haven't fucking reviewed this podcast, five stars on Apple Podcast, iTunes, or wherever you're listening that has reviews available, you're dead to me, and I will be giving you no money. And if you write a review, I'm gonna give you a lot of money in my will. This podcast makes a lot of money, and I have a lot of money, so if you want to be part of the big cash, okay, so there's that. There's financial incentive, there's not get murdered incentive, there's get a murder incentive, um, and there's also the moral one, because let's face it, I've put out a podcast every single day for the last 10 years, and you love it, and it means the world to you, and... If this podcast wasn't here, you would have nothing to do. You'd have nothing to think about. You'd have nothing to talk about. So, um, yeah, that's my new character is very aggressive pitch for do a review. I hope you liked it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and I'm going to fully abandon it and just request. Yeah. Hey, review the show. <laughs> Write something nice. It helps other people find the show. Helps me. Uh, 
yeah, more listens. Uh, maybe I'll see some fucking money from these ads that I'm making everybody listen to. Uh, and then I could spend more time making the show and make it better and stuff. Um, appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. Um, but I would, and I would appreciate it a little more if you did a little review. Takes five seconds and it would help me. And if you do one, I'll read it on the show and talk about it and do something with it. So if you read or write a review, I'm going to read it on the show and talk about how much I love you personally, 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 personally. And that's the show. That's the show. That's not the show. The show has just begun. Oh, yeah. Just a quick note about the audio. The internet cut out a time or two. And so there's some times where we go to the Zoom recording. And then we come back to uh, the regular recording. So, um, yeah. There's a, there's a few blips and glitches. But it's, it's all there. It's just the quality is going to change at a certain moment. It's going to be fine. And it'll change back. Um, it, it, most of the interview is, is normal, but there are, are some stretches where we had to use the backup. So I'm just preparing you because I care about you. Okay. Here's a show. Okay. I love you, everyone. Um, here's a great conversation I had with my sweet friend and wonderful poet, Vanessa Batico. Vanessa! Hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, it's so good to see you. It's good to see you. I, when's the last time I saw you? When's the last time we saw each other? Oh, I cannot remember at all. In person, I cannot remember. Yeah, no, I feel like it's been like a year or maybe even more. I have no clue. <laughs> Me neither. How's your day going? <laughs> it's pretty good. I just went for my um, classic daily walk. Nice. Yeah. I live right by this little trail. And so you can either turn right or left. And if you turn right, you have to go uphill straight away. But if you turn yeah. left, you have to go uphill later. So that's like the biggest decision I have to make every single day. <laughs> Damn, that's like heavy. That's like kind of like how that's like kind of a little microcosm of the day. Like, do you want to start with some discipline and then chill? Or do you want to chill and then do the hill later? Yeah. What did you choose today? Uh, I chose the hill first. Nice. Mature. But I honestly think it's more just because I didn't do it yesterday. Like it's right. either like I alternate or mm. if I'm just really not feeling it, I'll do the hill second, like multiple days in a row. But yeah. I don't know. I kind of just, it kind of, ha- sometimes I go with uh, my roommate and uh, Sid, who you know. <laughs> yeah. Love Sid. Yeah. And then it's like both of our our microcosms have to 
convene and oh, decide yeah. together which way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you usually go at the same time every day or you mix it up? Or We were going at the same time every day um, around 10-ish in the morning. Nice. When do you wake up? Um, I wake up at 9. I kind of just, I wake up at nine every single day and then we would have breakfast and go, but we were going at 10 because we would, we wanted to see, we would see the same person, like this one person every single day on the loop. Uh, If you're listening, guy with the white shirt, the black pants and the cute black dog (laughs) on the Elysian Park loop, we've been wanting to be your friend, but we're too scared (laughs) to say hi. (laughs) It's a scary time to say hi. Exactly. Yeah. Stopping and talking to someone is just terrifying. <laughs> I hope I hope this person becomes your friend. Yeah, me too. Me too. Maybe one day. What time do you wake up? Oh God. Today I woke up. I'm embarrassed. I, today I woke up at 1 p.m. I have a lot of shame around my sleep schedule, which is uh, something I'm working on both eradicating the shame and simultaneously trying to change the times that I sleep and I wake because I want it to be different. I want I know that I'm happier when I'm awake for more of the sun time. Mm, and yes. I, I I've been recently like trying to change it and then going too far and then it backfiring, which is what happened today. I tried to like how do you, do you go to bed, like try, in trying to change it, have you been going to bed early? Yes. Yes. Went to bed at like 1.30 last night. And then oh. just slept until 1 p.m. I don't know what the hell happened. That sounds great. I honestly, yeah, eradicate the shame. That sounds wonderful. I'm jealous of the 12 hours. <laughs> it, you know, it's like, I'm I'm grateful to have rest and it's nice to like, be able to rest and take the rest that I need. But also it's like, I have a hard time whenever I wake up like past noon, I have a hard time kind of getting the, the, the plane off the ground for the day. So yeah, yeah. if my, if my path today was left or right, I forget which one was which, but this is the, (laughs) this is not the hill. You're doing the hill second. The hill is number two today. And number one is, hanging out downhill talking to my nice friend hell yeah that's perfect yeah and like the plane i feel like like the plane lifting off the ground like does not need to happen every day there are so many days like i just i can't i can't believe there are so many days i am sick of it Yeah, that's big, like, I feel like big pandemic. There are a lot of days. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I go back and forth between there's not enough time and there's an overwhelming amount of time. And it usually depends on my kind of, like, level of depression. If I'm depressed, way too much time. If I'm like really living life to the fullest, usually when I'm like, oh gosh, I'll never be able to watch all the movies. Yeah. Quack, quack, quack. Yeah. 
Exactly. That was my alarm. Sorry. <laughs> I love I love the duck alarm so much. Yeah. Why do I even? Why did I have the alarm going off? Oh, it was to take a pill. I already nice. did that gotta... though, so it's fine. <laughs> yes. Yes, I took my pill. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time like taking my medication every day until I had yeah. set like an a, a, a alarm or like a reminder for it. It's a good system. Yeah. Yeah, I had to, and it has the little pill emoji. <laughs> I feel like the, the duck is also the hardest sound. I feel like I will hate all of the sounds, but the duck is hardest to hate because I'm just like, oh, it's a little yeah, duck. Yeah, so cute. I miss ducks. I feel like there aren't really any ducks in L.A. Like, I, I never see them. And when mm. I was in Seattle, I would see them everywhere, like just ducks all over the place because, I don't know, they're... Lots of water, like lots of different bodies of water everywhere. So lots of ducks. Hella and crows. ducks. Ducks See and crows? crows here. Yeah, ducks and crows. <laughs> Damn, that hunts. What is yeah. the little bird? Do you know the kind that is just like the little basic brown bird? That I see <laughs> all the time. What is that bird? <laughs> what is the little bird? Um, maybe a wren? Or like a songbird, like they're a song. Their songbird mm. is like a general category. That's definitely not okay. scientific. You um, could tell me anything right now, and I would believe you. That <laughs> well, is the I level have, of trust and ignorance that I have. <laughs> I have a game that we've been playing like a lot, and it's called Wingspan, and it's like a board game about birds and you learn so Whoa. much about birds Damn. like you learn there's like hundreds and hundreds of birds that you there are these cards and you they give you little facts and they tell you where they live and like what parts of the world they live in and like what climate they thrive in and what kinds of nests they make and like That's how many eggs sick. they lay yeah it's really cool <laughs> you should play it with me when we can <laughs> I want to do that. I know very you much like so. games. I know you like board games. I love games. I want to know more about birds. I want to hang out with my friends. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect plan. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well you can't. <laughs> what <Sorry>. is? <laughs> Will you catch me up on the uh, last time we like spoke? Last time I, I was familiar with your. Uh, where you were in your journey, you were you had gone to Seattle to go to graduate mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Will you talk about that and then also what brings you back to Los Angeles? Yes, totally. Um, yeah, so I guess like a year and a half ago, I moved to Seattle to get my MFA in creative writing in poetry. And yeah. for all the people listening who don't know me, I feel like I'm talking to you and you already know all of this. <laughs> no, perfect. That, that's, that's a perfect amount of context. Cool. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, so I moved to Seattle and I grew to love it over, over the time that I was there. I feel like moving from... Did you not up top? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's... I think that change is, change is hard for me. Um, yeah, and, and you're from Los I, Angeles. I am from Los Angeles, so I've lived here forever, and I never really lived anywhere else, like, long-term, so... Right. I kind of, like, it's weird because I am a really, like, 
adventurous and spontaneous person, but when it comes down to like really big changes, I can like I can make the choice and and do it like wholeheartedly and just go and move and then as soon as I realized what I had done, I was like, fuck, I'm completely alone. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt really lonely for a long time. And I think it's good to to acknowledge that and like to not pretend like right. I went and I immediately had like all these friends and like life was great. And it's like, no, yeah. like I went from a place where I was really cozy and like in love with everybody that I was seeing every day in Los Angeles and then mm-hmm. st- straight to like it rains every single day of the year and that makes people not want to leave their houses and I'm very like LA is like so out and about like I feel like you I would just always run into people everywhere here and not really anymore because right. we're not leaving the house very much but it just feels yeah. very like social here and yeah okay. Seattle felt like the opposite. So I think at first I struggled a lot with that, but then like a flip switched, a switch flipped in me, um, like a couple months or a few months into living there when I realized like winter was settling in and it was getting dark at like 4 PM. And I, and I was like resisting, resisting. And then I just realized one day I was like, no, like, this is sick. Like you're alone. Like that's so cool. Like I started to, to like love it and like really just indulge in it and like get into bed at four in like a non-depressing way. Like right. <laughs> get into up. bed at, at four and cozy up with my, um, Annie's Mac and cheese. I don't know. Hello. <laughs> I'm not doing a product placement. I swear. <laughs> Um, that would uh, be so shocking. <laughs> and it would cut to an ad for <laughs> If you just secretly were doing product placement. <laughs> that would be so wild. <laughs> yeah, that would be wild. That would be so wild. Uh, so um, I pick up my Domino's pizza offer code <laughs> Vanessa and I just... I'm really enjoying Seattle with my crispy pizza. <laughs> the garlic dip. You got to get the garlic oh, dip for the crust. Oh, garlic dip sounds oh, very good. It's gross. It's like weirdly vegan, and I don't know how. Oh, they, they just have like six those. kinds of oil in it. <laughs> got you. Got you. Yeah. Were you living with roommates in, uh, in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was living with roommates that I met from the internet who were other grad students at the school that I go to at UW. Um, but they were just, uh, they were doing like other, they weren't writers or people like in my program. So they were okay. kind of just random people that I um, cohabitated with, but didn't really necessarily want to be like good friends with which is different for gotcha. me because i've always lived with friends so. yeah i was gonna say like it it i know from li- in college and and also now uh i've always admired like the the true like family unit it seems that mm. you have with your friends yeah. and you seem really connected to the people that you live with yeah the, uh, totally the womb was that the name of the old home <laughs> that you lived in 
I guess it was. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> the womb. It's, that's very accurate. A very accurate name, I will say. But it seems like that's something that's always been very important to you is like really being connected to the people in your immediate surroundings. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, yeah. Community is very important. And um, True or false? You like friends. <laughs> I love friends. True. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, okay, but I think there's a balance because I think mm. I was operating prior to moving to Seattle, I was operating under a kind of like, I think I found and made community out of somewhat of an insecure place of feeling like the loneliness would haunt me forever if I didn't have like, you know, a yeah. solid community family to like always rely on and I think that mm. fear was partially what drove like building this community but I mean mm. of course I'm really happy that I have done it but I also think when so like then moving to to Seattle and realizing like yeah. oh like without this like what who am I like what right wh what is it like to be just me like without the people mm. I love around me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find yeah. answers to that question? Do you feel like you got more comfortable with that, like reconciling just Ness? Yes, totally. I, I totally oh, did. Yeah. I think, I think like, yeah, it was almost hard to like come back and start living with people again because I just got so used mm. to like my alone time and it, it, I kind of like yeah. swung in the opposite direction I think because I was just thrown into that situation um but I think I realized yeah. like there's so much that can be done when you're alone that can't be done with other people and like solitude mm. is like a gift <laughs> and mm. it is required for like so many things so many like rich parts of life like creativity I think really thrives when you have some solitude mm. it's really hard to like prioritize at least for me as like a really extroverted right. person like when I'm around people all the time it's really hard for me to prioritize like my writing because i'm just having right. fun and right. i don't want to work <laughs> right if you're around yeah. let's hang yeah exactly like i'm always i can always be convinced to hang which is <laughs> like not good to, for my for for being like a writer i feel like you I, I think that's why people always assume or like have this image in their head of a writer who's like sitting alone like at their desk or whatever like very antisocial. and I think like maybe those writers are actually like the most prolific ones because they're <laughs> they're not busy hanging out with with their weird friends <laughs> that makes that makes a lot of sense I, I, I feel like it's so interesting to hear about I feel like in the pandemic, I've always thought about myself as like, oh, half introvert, half extrovert, maybe a little more introverted. Mm. And it's a good reminder to hear that solitude is a gift. Like, I feel like that is something that I, is a gift I've been taking for granted recently. Mm. And it's like, I forget that. I think there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, 
I want to be in a romantic relationship and I'm not. And mm. what the hell? <laughs> and like, I forget. Something I have to remind myself of is like, that is a different time and there's going to be different things. And, and you will probably yearn for elements of your life now and the, the gifts mm. of solitude that I have now. Um, mm. At least trying to, I guess, trying to be more grateful for the circumstance. Um, mm, mm, totally. I feel like the pandemic has made me more realize how much I I how <laughs> much more of an extrovert I am than I thought I was. Um, yeah, and I I yeah I think like like the extroverted introverted thing is very like complicated and not very um, thorough of a description <laughs> for human beings. But <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> but I used to like I really want to know and I feel like lately I've just been like who fucking cares <laughs> what am I which one am I there's Give two me, uh, <laughs> there's two which one am I <laughs> <laughs> like everything else in life <laughs> uh, yeah no but I, I hear you like yeah being um, it's yeah cause like you always kind of want something different than what yeah. you have and um right but I st- like the the whole thing about solitude being a gift is totally stolen from the poet Rilke who I read um a long time ago and I keep rereading like whenever I feel like uninspired or if I'm feeling like lonely particularly I'll read yeah. I'll reread his book Letters to a Young Poet which talks a lot about um solitude and he was like so stoked on himself like he loved being alone because he just loved himself and was very egotistical about it in a way but I but like in such a empowering way like kind of mm. I think I think just we when, yeah totally the name of that I think book. when people like love themselves a lot a lot of other people kind of look down on that and are like oh you're so full of yourself but I think he had it right in terms of like really just valuing his own time and being like, you know, like this is where I, when I'm alone is where I like see the most, like my eyes can be like the most open when I'm by myself because I'm not Mm. distracted and I'm not like, I'm Mm. not getting carried away with like the nuances of like interpersonal relationships. And like, I don't know, it's an extreme that I don't necessarily always agree with but it's something that's nice to go back yeah to. damn that's awesome i gotta check out that book i feel like it's been recommended to me by the coolest people that i know at <laughs> various points in my life and i feel like it's it's time that i read yeah that book. i feel like people don't read it because it's called letters to a young poet so like you think you should only read it if you're a poet but it actually is great for everyone i think hell yeah yeah <laughs> What you been fucking with recently? Like, what have I been reading? <laughs> the question is, is the fully question? open to interpretation. This is an experiment on the show. Okay, oh, okay. What, what have you been I been fucking, fucking with? with? Hmm. Well, I've been fucking with a lot of things. I guess, well, I'll start with books that I've been reading, I guess, because that's fun for me. Um, oh, yeah. I, oh, for the first time, read... Kindred by Octavia Butler and um, felt 
Um, she is a black science fiction writer. And um, this book in particular, I think is like one of her most popular books and also one of the least like heavy sci-fi books that she's written. Um, mm -hmm. But the novel is... Uh, it takes place in, like, it starts off in, like, the 1970s, um, with a black woman and her white boyfriend, and all of a sudden, this, the main character, she, like, is, gets, like, a dizzy spell, and then is, like, transported back to, like, the antebellum south in the 1800s, and is, like, wow. on a slave colony. Like, it's, it's just, and she realizes, like, that their, her ancestors are, in the same place as her and so she has mm. to like kind of like find a way to survive in this world that is so dangerous for her um right. and she keeps getting sent back and forth between the 70s and the 1800s and being like uh she doesn't know when she's gonna she's gonna get to go back and it's wild like it is it is a whirlwind of a novel and i kind i read yeah. it in like two days because it was addicting but you should check it Damn, out hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, and very, like, hard to read at times. Um, and I think what it really made me think about a lot was, like, uh, like ancestral trauma. Because I think it showed right. in a very, like, real way through this science, science fiction kind of-esque yeah. move of, like, or magical move of being transported back um, in time, which normally right. doesn't happen like in a realistic novel. Um, that um, method allowed us to see like mm. the main character like living her ancestral trauma like IRL, like not not through reading or or hearing stories, but like through actually seeing it. And so right, and like having to right. live it herself a little bit. Damn, yeah. that rips. Yeah, it was intense. Have do you, you been... read at the same time every day? When do you read? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, no, but I want to. I feel like that is one of those goals of mine to like have yeah. to be that person who like my goal is like to be the person who wakes up and like I go for a little walk and then I come home and I just read for like an hour. Like I, that would be, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be my ideal me. But currently yeah. it's a little more sporadic and I feel like it's cause mm. my like schedule's weird and like, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it doesn't seem attainable right now, but I, I've been reading a lot at night um, these days yeah. and falling asleep to reading <laughs> that Just, is a, a quest i i wanna i wanna i wanna be i wanna read before bed my mm. sleep hygiene is so poor i think part of the trap that i'm in is that i love to like watch tv in my bed on my laptop or like play video yeah. games in my bed and oh I, think it, I love doing that <laughs> Oh my God, it's the best. Oh. <laughs> and I've also just been doing it. I realized like my fucking like whole life pretty much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like watching YouTube, not going to bed. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, Malcolm, you're not 12. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, it feels like 
every night you make the decision because like it comes to me and I'm like I could read or I could watch Gilmore Girls which <laughs> which shall I choose and then I'm like you're in a pandemic like yeah. life is hard <laughs> watch Gilmore Girls I'm like so easy on myself which is great yeah <laughs> I have no discipline points at the end of the day left. I mm, feel like the, that's good. You know, if, if I've like walked up the hill or whatever, I'm like, I've yeah. spent all of my, like, I got to make myself do this thing. And so when it comes to the end of the day, I have a heart, like I've been trying to get better. Honestly, just about fucking brushing my teeth at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. And just like yeah. any sort of routine thing at the end of the day, I'm like better at it in the morning. And that's my new quest is trying to work on the end of the day stuff. When I just want to like collapse into a pile and be like, okay, yeah, you, use your brush your teeth, bud. Yeah, the end of the day just like carries me away. Like I feel like it'll get the sun will go down and then I can no longer like focus on anything because I'm like I gotta make dinner and then I spend like an hour. I spend like literally and two mac and cheese <laughs> brought to you by us <laughs> rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits. Oh, I want some, I want some of that now. Who Sounds knows pasta good. better than some rabbits? <laughs> Our ad is working on me. Yeah, no. Because yep. now I want to get it. <laughs> yeah, Oprah, that sounds very delicious. Yeah. Oh, um... But yeah, I'll spend like two hours like cooking and eating. Like I just, I I can spend so many hours like being Mm -hmm. in the kitchen and, and just kind of like taking my time. And then like, yeah, with like living with friends, it's like, so what should we do now? And then we just kind of like watch TV and talk. And like, I just get like after 530, nothing can happen. Nothing, nothing, no work can get done. And I think that's good. Like you shouldn't be working after 530. That's, I mean, unless you have like your most, because some people's most productive hours is like in the middle of the night. Yeah. Are you like that? I feel like you're like that for some reason. I, I've recently been working till about like, because of waking up at like fucking noon and uh, mm. one and stuff, like I will go to the kitchen and my, one of my roommates has a, a, a normal job as I refer to it, just like a, you know, <sighs> a, a, a nine to five type situation. And oh, yeah. so he's having lunch, I'm having breakfast and he's always like, how's your day going? And I'm like, this is it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're living <Started>. it. <laughs> this is the first page of the day. <laughs> And so yeah, it's like, totally. I'm usually working till about maybe like 10 or 11. Like that's not uncommon. Mm, um, mm. Sometimes, sometimes midnight depends. Wow. But it's oh also God. like, it's not necessarily like just the same schedule, like shifted over once, once 11 PM hits, regardless of when I woke up, my brain's like, fuck this, fuck everything. Yeah. Time for, yeah, time for good. video game, time for bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, being like, so you're doing like mostly freelance work? Question yeah, I have. My, my schedule is like, I teach music lessons. That's my day job. Cool. And I do that on Mondays and Fridays. And it mm-hmm. is, it does keep me like anchored to reality, which I enjoy. Good. And I enjoy seeing the kids. And sometimes I get Aww. like, 
stinky attitude about it. I'm like, oh, I have to do some fucking bullshit. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, I get to like hang out with kids that I like. And uh, it's always fun once you get started. Yes. Yeah. It's just the getting started, like, especially with kids. Like, for me, yes. like. Oh, yeah. You I, do a lot of work with kids or have done at least in the past. I don't know. Are you doing any of that yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a lot of different ages of kids in the past. Right now, I'm teaching a class, um, a creative writing class of high schoolers. So they're mostly sophomores and juniors in high school. Yeah. And. How is they're that? So they're so cute. They're so good. Yeah. <laughs> they're really just, they're really smart and really engaged and like really that just a lot awesome. more um, like articulate than I was at that age in terms of talking about poetry. I I, I don't think I, I wasn't there until college or the way that mm. they can talk. So it's really cool. But I think the, yeah, the hard, the hardest part for me about working with kids is like the hour before, like the hour right mm. before seeing them when I'm like, Oh, I have to muster up all this energy and like be right. super animated and like be, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel this pressure to like be, and I don't know if you feel this at all, but like, it's like a pressure to be like, to be interesting and to be like, um, personable. It's, it's the same with like when yeah. I worked in at like a retail job where I felt like I had to like be on, you know, right. yeah. in a very specific way. And it's exhausting totally. for me to like prep that or like to think that that's coming. It's like doom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like it definitely sometimes slips into like there definitely almost is like a performance element to it. Yeah. Sometimes I have to remember that it's like when you're doing like education. It's weird because I like I didn't get trained in mm -hmm. education. I got trained in music. <laughs> and so it's but like I have no. Doing it. Yeah. So it, it, it's just like I have to shift in my brain because sometimes I'm just like on and I'm like trying to make the kid laugh which for the most part is good but sometimes I'm like oh wait wait I have to like stop doing this joke and like explain what this <laughs> means <laughs> yeah <laughs> to yeah. this kid you know or whatever Ooh, yeah that's really um yeah yesterday actually I was thinking a lot about this in terms of teaching like um I was talking to my friend about teaching and um uh, he was saying something about like how I must be good at explaining things because I'm a teacher. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, actually, like, no, like, <laughs> I'm not good at explaining things. And I actually don't think that that's yeah. imp that important for certain, for, especially for like, maybe like more, um, since I teach English, like it's a, I was going to ask, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like I teach English in like creative writing, so yeah. they're more like, um, like humanities or like arts sort of related things. Right. And I feel like there isn't a lot particularly like to explain, like I feel more, it's more important for me to ask like the right questions, like mm. posing, like if they read a short story 
for homework. Right. Like, I'm not going to, like, come to class and be like, I'm going to explain to you, like, the metaphors in this story. And I'm going to explain to you, like, everything that the writer is doing. It's like, right. that would not be teaching. That would be, like, that would be extremely boring for all of us. And I would feel like... Right. It's some like weird ego thing where I have to like show off how much I know. Like, of course, I know the story. I'm teaching it. But like the yeah. the point is to get them to like think for themselves and like right. have their own ideas mm. and feel comfortable expressing those ideas. Yeah. Engagement being more important than your ability to like explain. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's fucking That sick. being said, I guess there are some things I do need to explain and then I, I feel like I can but it's not like a yeah like I think if you're like a history teacher like maybe right. like it's more you're doing more explanation and more like right or uh, science or something yeah yeah totally totally where there are like factual answers right. to questions <laughs> I've, but in I English think it's I realized... like there's no answer to anything <laughs> that's sick that that feels uh, that's it sounds like you're thinking about like what what makes this experience rad for them which mm. was what I would want in a teacher totally what were you going to say I before realized. I interrupted you <laughs> I was just laughing when you were saying like your friend when you were saying like oh I don't think explaining things is or your friend's like oh are you good at explaining things and I like had this realization yesterday <laughs> that I I thought I would be so much better at teaching than I am like I almost like had this weird fantasy my whole life of like because I I think it, I don't know if this is like a boy thing or whatever but mm. I think I do like to explain shit <laughs> and a lot of a lot of times it isn't helpful and it's like it's it's helpful to investigate that and, and let it go a lot of times where it's like mm. I don't need to fucking explain this <laughs> like, mm. no but um, yeah I mean well if there are things that you're passionate about that you like to explain, I think that's really cool. Like, I don't think, I think that like, there is obviously like the notion of mansplaining or whatever, but I think right. that that happens like very, I think mansplaining is a specific, a very specific instance. And it's like, right. if you're a teacher, you're not like, you're very rarely right. going to be in the position where you're mansplaining because someone is teaching, paying you to like explain right. things to them <laughs> so so like i actually think you know you don't you don't have to worry too much yeah. about that i don't think but <laughs> i hear you um, but I, I hear you you're right the the <laughs> thing that is um that i've noticed is like sometimes i i think i'm gonna be better at explaining something i'm like oh mm -hmm. i got this i know about this and then i try to tell it to a kid and then yeah. the kid just looks so confused. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, maybe I'm not as good at explaining chords, like what a triad is. Yeah. <laughs> In my head, it makes so much sense. I can talk about it with people that know what it is. And then I try to mm -hmm. say it to the kid and they're like, dude, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck oh, are you yeah. talking totally. about? I, and so I, I, I find like, myself like getting in these like confusing long rants where I've been talking for a minute and I just tell that the kid is lost and I'm just like, Oh God, I've oh no. <laughs> I've totally lost this kid. <laughs> that is um I think uh 
why they often say that like sometimes at least I've heard this a lot in like the creative writing world where they're like sometimes the best writers are not good teachers and that's just because like they're not to say that if you're an amazing writer you won't you can't also be an amazing teacher but like those two skills are completely separate like in a lot of ways um if you like it's like learning how or being able to remember like how you learned something in a way almost like thinking like if I if I didn't know like what a metaphor was like how would I want to be explained it in a way that makes that would make sense to me so you kind of have to like do weird it's like taking like steps back like weird removal in your brain or something because of course you know everything about a triad but like <laughs> I know oh. everything about a triad you know literally everything about triads <laughs> test me <laughs> what's a triad Max? so C C E D yeah but um uh <laughs> That is the the hard part. The hardest part about, um, no, not the hardest. There are many hard parts about teaching. But um, being able to also, like, answer questions on the spot can be really scary. I don't know if you experienced that ever. Where, like, they'll, come, they'll be super confused after you've explained something. And then they'll ask you a question and you'll be like, uh, uh, I'm 24. <laughs> Mostly, most of my experience has been like one on one. So, like, most of it is kind of mm -hmm. like that's kind of what's nice about it is that they can ask questions and you can really just get into like, how does this one kid's mind work? And like, we can go as okay. slow or as fast or as we need to go. I imagine with mm. a group, yeah, that kind of pacing, yeah, totally. or like, like 24 to like little eyes. I, I imagine like that equation well, 24 would be a little pairs bit of eyes because you got a man yeah. eyes staring education at the same time. <laughs> and I just feel like I have so much imposter syndrome around teaching because I was never really trained to teach, like, I just started doing oh it. Oh my and, gosh, um, I was never trained to like develop course materials or anything like that like they were literally just like like at UW they were just like okay like you've never taught before you're 23 years old like cool like here here you have 10 weeks <laughs> to teach kids how to write and you can do whatever you want <laughs> that was it like straight up I mean there were some like pedagogy training or whatever but it was very minimal and um, yeah, it was just really intense to, to kind of be like, okay, like, what do I think is important? Like, how, yeah. what texts are important to teach? Like, you're kind of, I don't know, mm. I, I at least feel that since I'm allowed to teach whatever I want, I'm kind of, I have to hold myself accountable to teaching, like, uh, teaching things that are important and not just teaching, like, the same old white dudes that every English class teaches <laughs> and like 
actually like giving voice to all kinds of different writers and like um all kinds of different experiences that happen in literature and stuff so yeah it's cool um i'm starting to get the hang of it after a year and a half of doing it <laughs> yeah that's sick that's a sick opportunity to like make those choices Yeah, um, so what are your I'm in, I'm in what school are the, still. I'm in. What do your um, days look like? Are you it's, teaching it's every day? You teach some of the days? What are you doing LA when other my days? school's in Seattle? But um, it's it's online, all of it, forever, probably. I don't, I don't know when it's going to stop being online, but I'm almost done. I'm done in like a few months. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically exactly what happened. It was like, well, um, I was actually started. like having fun in Seattle. So that what brought you back doing, to Los Angeles? Like the, there, but then the my friends down, here like, said they had a room, a room opening in their house, and I was like, oh, I need, I must, <laughs> and so I, I returned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I teach like twice two times a week and then I'm taking like a couple of classes a couple of times a week and then I just fill the rest of the time with like reading and writing I just wrote like a massive thesis and that took up tons of my time <laughs> for the past couple of months um it is on trauma in poetry. So it was pretty intense. I read like 20. What on? What is it? What's your thesis? Like poetry collections all about trauma. And I did not, somehow did not think of that that mm. could have been a bad idea for, for me to do. <laughs> I just did it. Um, and now I feel kind of like. Yeah, I just need a break from anything to deal that deals with like difficult emotional like experiences for a while. I need that. happy media <laughs> after reading all those books. Um, but yeah, the the thesis is about like basically um, I've been learning a lot about the way trauma works in the mind and in the body and um, the ways in which we can heal from trauma and like how like trauma has like kind of like patterns and like ways that it manifests over time um, and it's different for everyone but there are like some ways that I've been uh, learning about like in therapy um, which is really exciting and um, I started noticing in poetry, um, specifically poetry that deals with like memory, um, the way that those poems move and turn and kind of like jump back and forth between like present tense and reality and then like memory, reality. Um, right now, this is reminding me a lot of, of 
the novel Kindred that I told you about. And I read that after I finished the essay, but <laughs> it's cool. But I think, um, yeah, the ways that poetry moves is uh, can be similar to the way that like trauma like moves in your mind or like the way people experience trauma like for, for example, like flashbacks happen for a lot of people and it'll be like an unbidden experience that you're not expecting. Um, um, it just means like called up, like um, I, maybe like unexpected a little bit. I think, I think that's what it means. <laughs> what does um, unbidden mean? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of times, like, in poems, there are these, like, associative leaps that happen. Where, but you, yeah, let's say yeah. you, like, I see uh, an oak tree, and all of a sudden, you're transported back to, like, this memory you had when you were a kid um, of an oak tree that looks similar from uh, your grandpa's house or something like that. Um, poetry because of the way that it is and the the what the form like allows you can jump really quickly like between and a thing you see and like what it associates to in your mind and i think that happens a lot with people who have trauma so yeah that's one part of it hmm <laughs> Yeah, totally. I'm like, I, I finished it, but I'm now like kind of revising for the final. Damn, that's so fascinating. I'll send it to you when it's like fully done. I'd love to read it if it's <laughs> something that is available to be read. Yeah, thank you for, for being interested. That's really nice of you. <laughs> That'd be sick. <gasps> It sounds fascinating. I love the way you think about the world. And also, that's just like so interesting to think about the ways in which different mediums allow you to talk about different subjects differently. Like mm. if you're doing a movie, maybe it's more of a story that has limitations and advantages. And mm. a song, especially time, like time... Like I was listening to this Ben Folds audiobook and he was talking about how both music and like songwriting can like fuck with time in different ways. And we have like a, he talks about it, we have like a very bad sense of like internal clock as human beings mm. as, and like, or like our perception of time is really malleable. And he mm. talks about like, this is something I've talked with Carter about too, which is, sometimes you'll be playing a song on stage to a, to a metronome, to a click track that has a, like a fixed speed to it, a fixed tempo. Yeah. And if you're, you've got a bunch of adrenaline, it'll feel so slow or something. And mm. like in rehearsal, it felt great when you were in this like controlled environment and then you're like in front of a crowd and it just feels totally Whoa. different and like feels way slower or something like that. Or like, so there's like that actual, depending on, what is going on inside of you? Like things will literally feel faster or slower. And then, wow, like, that's wild. Songwriting wise, you can like, this is what Ben Folds, ben Folds talks about is like, you can, you can live inside. And I'm sure this is similar for poetry. And I'm, 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 I'm that's an interesting 
to think mm, about time and like songwriting that. versus poetry um, or something like that. Mm, yeah, um, I think. Like, yeah, well, you can you can live in a moment. Like a song can be a happen, single moment. Like for, you listen to a song, you know, five minutes, it's like five minutes long. Then it's it exists for you in those five minutes, and like you can always go back and keep keep listening or whatever. But I feel like yeah, with a poem, like you can start. Of course, I guess with a song you could like pause in the middle or whatever. But with a poem, you can like start reading and then like if you read a few lines and you're like hmm I want to like ponder with on this a little bit longer you can like go back and like and like stick with one image for as long as you feel like like it kind of time is more like yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. So I guess it can be as like long as you want it to. You're um, controlling the pace that you go I, through with it. Um, I also Damn, think that, like think about that. there's there are things in poems that can indicate to the reader whether or not you should be reading like fast or slow, like. There are, um, like, things you can do that, like, speed it up um, or slow it down. And so you kind of create, like, the tempo, I guess, so to speak, like, with, <laughs> with um, like, all kinds of different tools. Like, if you do really, like, um, cool line breaks where it feels like, um, if you like split a word in half and like put the second half of the word on the next line, then like the reader is going to be forced to like go down to the next line really quickly to finish that word. So if you did that on every single line, they would be like rushing through the poem. Um, but if you did more like, I don't know, like long flowing lines that ended on periods, you could read one full sentence line and then be like, huh, and like sit with that for a while and then go to the next one. So there are ways to like control the the pacing of it, I guess. I miss that was always the so most mind blowing shit when uh, you very kindly invited me to those poetry workshops uh, mm. and brought me into that world, which is like. Oh, some of the mm. some of the richest, nicest times I've had, and oh. I miss it too. It's also how like how I met Colin, and like yeah. I fucking I played Dungeons and Dragons every week with Colin and Haley and Bree, and oh. like that was just fully because of you. Um, oh. And also, That's I so loved sweet. those. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And also, I just loved the like feedback and like coming together and like sharing work and talking about it. Like that's such a special thing that. Uh, is more rare in my life these days and it's something that I value a lot and mm, as yeah. like just I feel like most of the people wrote poetry in that uh, space and it mm. was always that was always the most badass shit to me was using mm -hmm. the like formatting or like line breaks or you know going italics for a second you're just like using all of those tools to create an effect 
like on mm, page or something yeah. like that's something that I feel like everybody no, there was on such a high like, level. I, I actually think it's like, like I, I those are like tools I, I never thought I about. Agree <laughs> you know, with what you're saying. Like that song, well, like, really like cool you just put that in poetry, the melody I think and the like, that's that. And why <laughs> all those know. things are so important is because like we literally only have one thing to work with. Like, it's words. Like that's it. Like there's nothing else. So like if you have if any tool is uh, exposed to you within the confines of words, like you're going to use it because you got to just use as much as you can. Like, <laughs> um, like if you can play with, uh, the formatting or the, the space on the page or like italics or dashes or punctuation or whatever, like you should, well, I mean, I think it's, it's fun to play with all of those things, but you like, as, as a musician, like you have like, so many uh, tools in your box that you can go to, like with just it's not um, it's not just words. It's like also music, melody, and and um, all the other things <laughs> that go into writing a song, which I know nothing about. I think the most interesting thing like about that that workshop that I I think a lot about still is a lot of the poetry that we would read was more or less even if it was a rough draft and it would be refined further it was like presented in its final form in mm. terms of like words on a page either being read silently or read or read aloud um mm. but like that is the format in which it is like designed to be experienced yeah whereas like yeah. songwriting it was a lot of times just like me playing the song on an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. which is like which that, it, that <laughs> hey hey fix <laughs> of, I'm, I'm working on a uh, a record right now with some of the songs that that were like developed in that era and that were played at oh, that, that's or that so were like exciting. workshopped there and that you helped me with, so I appreciate you. Oh, yay. Oh, um, that's great. But it's like <laughs> a lot of, like, songs are, it's like you have the, you have the chords and the lyrics and, like, mm -hmm. the melody. And maybe it is just designed to be played. Maybe that is the final form. It's just, like, mm. me performing this in this, in your living room. Um, mm. But it's like, there is so much when you're like presenting a song or something that it's like, Oh, well we could do something else. Like there's so many other parts that could happen with mm. like, with a recording or something where it's like, Oh, this isn't right. necessarily the, the final form. This is like a, a storyboard to what is going to be a movie or something. Um, mm. And so I think sometimes it can get, it's just, it's just interesting to think about it's something I think about a lot. Like when, like what makes a song a song, you know, and like yeah. when you're listening to a recording and like how much is it like the song that you like or the sounds so or much, the parts so or the performances. Like recording a so song. That was, yeah. that was always so a really like interesting part to that, me. Once you've done you want it to be like think done. about. Like you don't um, want to like workshop something after you've already like yeah, recorded it. <laughs> like put it on like whatever, like on, on, um, 
Spotify. Like it, it's, it should be then like, it feels weird to like then work on it after that. But I guess with, with a poem, you can just go open up Microsoft Word whenever you want and just fuck with it and print out a new copy. Like it takes two seconds. It's, it's very analog. Are there, are there times with poems that do you feel like there are uh, times where you're yeah, like, oh, this one is um, done. It's been, it's been I, published somewhere or something like that, or I've like submitted or presented there are it. There a couple of they, things of will mine you go that back are often and, published and, and that I things? wish were not published because of that, <laughs> because of just feeling like, oh God, like, I can't believe I thought that was done. Like, wow. And now like, I'll go back and I'll fuck with it, but it almost feels like, a torture to do that like why are you doing that to yourself like why are you it's it's it yeah <laughs> like whether or not i want it to be finished in the world's eyes it is finished not that like anybody is seeing it like it's like poetry it's a black um, it is a black hole should be read more especially on the internet and and in and in books, I think, but I think people don't read a lot of poetry like online or anything like that. So I'm sure I could keep editing it and no one's really reading the, the thing that's published. But um, yeah, I, I don't like that feeling. And so I think now I'm more careful about what I am sending out because I'm starting to feel Mm, like I don't know I'm just my I'm getting a lot more picky about what I like in um other people's other people's writing and therefore in my own writing like I'm I'm starting to really learn like specifically like what kinds of poetry I love and I think I thought I knew what that was and it changes a lot over time. Um, what kinds? Yeah, I don't really know if it's like, there's no like genre or anything that in part, like, cause poetry is a genre and then there's just like so many kinds of poetry, I guess. Um, I don't even know like how they're categorized, but but um, I think it's, it's not so much like a categorical description, but more of a feeling like, I read this poem and at the end, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> what just, like, how did they do that? Like, I need that feeling to be like, oh my God, like just floored. And that sounds very amorphous, probably because it is. I think um, a lot of things can do that to you, but usually... Um, I also really like there to be like a sense of wonder, mystery, like feeling like I don't actually ever fully know, like, quote unquote, like what's going on completely. Like, I think, I think being left with questions, um, when I'm reading a really good poem, is like what I what I want and I kind of am starting to realize like I think before I used to think like I want my poems to be very straightforward 
um, and direct and for people to never have questions. <laughs> and now I kind of feel the opposite where I'm like, I want people to be left wondering something because like good art for me, like makes me wonder and makes me like ponder and like leaves me thinking about it for days because I'm uh, it's not confusion. It's just um, I guess just um, wonder. Yeah. That's fascinating. I feel like that's something that came up in uh, in those workshops too. Of like, how much do you just like straight up say what is what you're <laughs> yeah. saying? It's got like how much do you really like bury things in the balance. sand? And I think and if you yeah. like, about this with, and, like, if you bury things too much, or is it just going to be like friends actually? Is like, it not going to take, and someone's just going to um, move on and be like, talking oh, about like, going on there, moving on, um, like opacity in art, like art that is difficult and like art that is like that you uh, feel like confused <laughs> like where you're like oh like stuff you like really have to think about right and like I think that at least for me like if it's a poem that I can read the first time through and like feel like one, like it sounds nice. <laughs> and two, it uh, like, I just enjoyed the experience of reading it. Even if I don't understand it, like if I enjoyed it, enjoyment it doesn't have to be like, oh, I fully get it. You know, like getting it is like so very often, like not the point of poems. Like, and I think that's the problem with the way that poems are taught like especially in school is like they're taught like they're ne they're meant to be like dissected or figured out like there's a a code to crack or something and it, it's it's not a puzzle like you're not solving for x like it's an experience like so like when when you when you approach it with like the mindset of like solving something and you and you read a poem and you're gonna be really disappointed because like <laughs> it's really hard to like, quote unquote, like solve a poem. Like they're not meant to be solved. They're just meant to be read and experienced and loved. <laughs> and there's stuff underneath that the writer I'm sure is doing. And if you figure it out <laughs> or realize it in some way, you'll be like, oh shit. And it can take you like a level deeper. And you can, I, that's what I love is like the first time you read it, it's really nice and like, uh, just enjoyable and then as you go deeper and deeper you keep finding these like little nuggets and you're like what the fuck I can't believe they did this and like I didn't notice it and you're like how many people in the world noticed this thing like how many people in the world read this first of all and then like how many people like are seeing like the like matrix like go for maze underneath all of it <laughs> I want to talk to you about relationships. <gasps> yes, my favorite topic. <laughs> I feel like I've learned so much from you talking about it, and I'm just curious where your head is at in the in the world of romance and what your world is like. Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, is that the question? Is there another question? Should I? 
just no. talk about my love life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if that's all okay. right. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I, like, recently went through a breakup. Whoa. I didn't know this. Yeah. I, I don't think you. you knew. I don't think I talked to you about that. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, I was oh, in you, a... Sorry, what? Love you, bud. Oh, love you too. Thank you. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was in a long distance relationship for yeah a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it was long distance for longer than it was real in real life. So it right. just is strange what happens when you are like supposedly somebody's partner and you don't see each other like ever it is very a bizarre bizarre thing to do i've realized through this process i'm not trying to um Mm. to put down anybody who is successfully doing a long distance relationship but i Mm -hmm. i think you know was a little bit in denial about it um, for a long time Mm. because I kind of had convinced myself I think that it was working really well because I didn't I didn't feel unhappy like I was I was um, doing my thing like feeling myself in Seattle and we had also started being in an open relationship and so I was like dating new people and having a lot Mm. of fun with that and like really discovering like things about I don't know my sexuality and like how I felt about um how I felt about like dating in general like dating um how it felt to have like a partner and then to also be dating other people and like my capacity for, for like romantic connection and my capacity for, for love felt like it was like growing and growing. Yeah. Um, Which was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Did the relationship start as a, as a polyamorous relationship or is that something that you realized you wanted or you were that way part way in between? Yeah, it started as a monogamous relationship. And then mm. I think the feelings of um, of loneliness and, like, kind of not having, like, any connections when I moved away were what got me thinking about wanting to, to open things up and date other people. And then through mm. the process of dating other people, I started to realize, like, I really like dating multiple people. Like, at yeah. a time, it's really f- fun. And, like, um, I yeah. think because I'm just super social and, like, I also really like the idea that, you know, when you meet someone, they could be, like, anything to you. Like, there isn't a, like, you never know what kind of relationship is going Mm. to organically occur out of a meeting like right um, and just like letting those things happen the way that they organically happen is right really nice um beautiful (laughs) yeah it's cool but i through (laughs) this whole okay so (laughs) long story short 
I thought it was really good, but it wasn't because um, mm-hmm. it was really good when we were apart. But then when we would come back together, it would not be really good. And it would Dang. be strange because we were living entirely different lives and like growing in yeah. very different directions and like not really like prioritizing each other because we had to prioritize like our separate worlds, you know? Um, so then I realized like also like long distance. Yes, definitely (laughs) brings people apart (laughs) or drives Mm. a wedge between people or can, at least for me, it did. Um, and also that like dating, dating multiple people, at least for me, like felt really good. Like it felt very like fun and exciting and like pleasurable. And I really like it, but it also, I think comes with like, I think that I started to really question like my own intentions behind it. Um, Mm. I started to really question, like, why do I want to date multiple people? Like, what is the, like, and like, what, like, what in me is that filling? You know, like what, um, what is the, the drive to do that, um, for myself? And I think it's different for every single person. And I'm just like really now kind of in, a doubtful mode about it in terms of like my Mm. relationship ending and like that being probably (laughs) one of the primary reasons why it ended um was I think that you know it is hard to prioritize multiple people romantically Mm. um I think it is easy to get carried away with new people for me personally Mm. um and to neglect um the priorities of maybe a older and less exciting relationship these are all very honest and like vulnerable (laughs) thoughts right now because i'm like i'm like revealing like the like dark inner workings of my mind and heart and like Mm. like I think we can convince ourselves like of a lot of things and like when the shit hits the fan you really realize like all the like shit I was telling myself I was like I'm so Polly and Polly is like the best way to live your life and like you can just Mm. love people like like unconditionally and like in I still believe like a lot of those things, like, yes, it would be incredible. Like if I were just like naturally like amazing at being polyamorous, but I think it's so much work and I don't know Mm. that I'm yet prepared to do it without hurting people. Like, I think it's, Mm. it's, you have to be careful. And I don't think I realized like just how careful I needed to be before Mm. I embarked on that journey. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your your heart and your mind. Um, (laughs) And it's like, I I feel... Something I heard on a... uh, Who's calling me? You can't call me right now. (laughs) Throw it away. I 
actually need to plug my phone in. I forgot that it needs to be charging. I, damn it. Okay, BRB. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that it's the internet for me right now. So it, <laughs> as much as I, I love to throw my phone across my room into my bed. As like a gesture of like, fuck you, phone. But anyway, sorry, phone. Yeah, I, I feel you. Sometimes I put it in the oven. <laughs> Hell yeah! I didn't. Have I didn't ever... start that. It was, it was Jess. <laughs> that rips. That's a good yeah. time out. Time out for the phone place. Yeah, totally. Goodbye. Until you cook your phone. Cook it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this podcast called Clit Talk? No. It's a sex podcast that is hosted oh. by women. And it is like they talk about sex and relationships and it's a great podcast. I haven't listened to it in a minute, but I remember this one episode where they were talking about polyamory and I feel like the most helpful thing, and I haven't been in any polyamorous relationships. It's only something I've like heard about, thought about, and like want to read more about. And Mm. um, the thing that I think about a lot from that podcast was... um, I remember the host saying that like no relationship style is more noble than another. It's just about like mm. knowing what works best for you. Totally. And I think sometimes in my head and it's just all conceptual. I don't have any like experience in that realm, but in my head I'm like, "Oh, well, the, my only reason my only desire my reasons for wanting a monogamous relationship my desires for like the motivations behind monogamy are only petty. It's mm. only like be all because I'm jealous and I want like ownership mm. or something like that. And mm. there, therefore polyamory is, is, is more like, yeah, more noble. And, uh, um, yeah. it's just interesting hearing about, uh, or I, sometimes I try to think to myself, it's like, oh, it's it's more about like what is best, what is best for me. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just totally. like a different style. Um, yeah. But that being said, it's I, yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that question, like thinking about like what is best for you, is extremely important because and I think it changes a lot over time Mm. like I think when I moved to Seattle and I like didn't know anybody I think absolutely what was best for me was to date a lot of different people like I think that is what I needed like I was I needed like instant like (laughs) social fulfillment and gratification because I was I was just like not feeling great and I feel like that was like what made me feel better and like what made me feel like I met so many people that I wouldn't have met. Like if mm-hmm. I had been like the idea of like moving to a new place and being in this committed partnership that is long distance. And then like on the, on Friday night, like, you know, I, I, I met somebody that I really liked, but like, uh, I can't, I can't go out with them cause I'm in a committed relationship. And then I would just stay home all weekend and be like, <laughs> like, like mm. sad and like FaceTiming with my long distance boyfriend. Like that was not what I needed. Like, and I right. wish that I had known that like upfront. Um, 
And I think Mm -hmm. I learned it over time and like tried to, to like remedy that with like the, the open relationship thing. But I think Mm. that I've also learned from this experience that a long distance relationship for me is never going to be something that I need um, or that is good for me. Like I don't, um, I don't Mm. think that I ever want to do that again if it's going to be long term. Um, But Mm. I also think that um, it depends on like, yeah, like what kind of romantic relationships you want. Like, I think if you are like, I think for me, ultimately, like what I want eventually is like a committed lifelong partner and I think that if if like that can be healthily non-monogamous in which we like you know can still get our our fill of new experiences and excitement and like kissing kissing other people because it's fun and exciting like that would be really great and really like make make me really happy um but I also yeah. think that through this experience, for me personally, I've learned that like my commitment to a romantic partner like gets very easily distracted by other people. And if I'm dating other people, mm. my commitment for this other person slowly starts to fade away and I've noted and that's what I noticed in this experience for myself and I'm sure there are so many people who like that doesn't happen to and like maybe it wouldn't happen to me in the future and maybe it'll change for me but Mm. that is what I what I noticed (sighs) says my internet connection is unstable that's all right you're still coming through I okay. I hear you. I I really appreciate what you're saying. It's I'm just very inspired by you um because you're you're like willingness to check in with yourself and mm. like explore what you need and and be honest and and what is what is it what is it to like authentically show up in a relationship? Um, Mm. and allow yourself, allow your needs to change and things like that. And it also see, and it's conversations I've only had with myself in theory. And it also seems complicated to navigate that with somebody else. Um, Mm -hmm. and it seems like it would be, it would have to come with so much communication about like, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. And is it the same as you? (laughs) <laughs> is are you yeah. okay with mine is it like what if i want to open things up and you don't is that yeah or something you know or, or like what if it changes and yeah <sighs> like paying attention to yourself and then also also what somebody else needs uh as it changes um and being willing to like accept whatever you find that sounds it's a really noble and sounds like a very challenging quest of heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very confusing. And like, I have been known to say like, you know, I love, I love romance, but I also hate it because I'm so perplexed by it. I don't understand it. Like I, yeah. 
I, I don't get it. Like, and you know, I think we've talked about this before where I'm like, what is the difference between a friend and a romantic partner? Like people say that it's just sex, <laughs> but it's not, Kissing? it's not just sex. There's something else. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Like. I and in 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 the same vein of like I always thought I'd be really good at teaching and explaining things and then I catch myself yeah. explaining stuff and I'm like what am I doing? <laughs> I think I've yeah. always like told myself I'm like very good at relationships or like I'm like oh yeah I'm a relationship guy like that's my thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is just like so humbling anytime I'm in any type of relationship where I'm just like oh my gosh I don't know anything. I'm so lost. <laughs> I feel the exact it's so same scary way. And hard. <laughs> I totally feel that it's it's constant challenges like it 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 doesn't like I don't think it gets easy like I don't think like I think you know uh, what I've been thinking about lately is that like I think this is very I mean this might sound really like unromantic but I feel like you just get to a point where you meet someone and they're just good enough and you're like, cool, like, this is it. Like, I'm choosing this now because I want, like, if my, if something that I want is like a long-term committed romantic partner that I can like grow alongside, like throughout life. Like if that is like a vision that I have for myself in my life, which a lot of people don't. And like, that's totally fine. Like, but if that's something that I want, like I have to be willing to just say, okay, like this person is going to have to be good enough because like nobody is like perfect for you. Like there's nobody that like checks all these like arbitrary boxes of somebody that you want to be with. Like people are people like they're, they have their whole own lives and yeah so do you and like yeah you just have to find someone who's down to choose you just as much as you're down to choose them i guess Mm. (laughs) i don't think that sounds unromantic like to me that sounds like mature i (laughs) lately i've been in this like weird fantasy engine where i'm like fantasizing about one relationship and then I'm like, well, what about this other fantasy relationship? What if this other fantasy... Re- I'm like settling for a fantasy in my mind and then being like, wait, what about my fantasy in this fantasy? <laughs> or I'm like in this relationship in my mind and then I'm like in the fantasy relationship, the f- already a fantasy relationship. I'm like unsatisfied to some degree and I like have to start a new fantasy in my fantasy. <laughs> And it's like, fuck fantasies. It's not even happening. Guys, we're fighting the internet a lot today on the Happy Sad Talk Thing podcast. Oh, oh my gosh. The internet broke your overalls. <laughs> I had to pee. <laughs> I had to pee so bad, too. I'm like, I'm I'm bummed that we got disconnected, but I'm also, I'm so glad. Did you pee? Good I job. peed the biggest pee I ever peed in my life. The, yeah, the, man, it. It is so nice for specifically for this podcast to be able to like record things over Zoom. I feel like I'm having more conversations than I would have without like the remote option. And there's some mm-hmm. some parts about it that are super nice where it's just like it's very convenient. 
um, and yeah, making things happen totally. that wouldn't happen. But also when yeah. you're fighting the internet, it's like, oh, where's my friend? <laughs> yeah, I'm like very curious as to how you edit, like how you edit these podcasts. I feel like the sound is, it seems chaotic. <laughs> that is, it is challenging with this type of thing. Um, it's like an ongoing quest where I'm experimenting and learning. And if you listen to the very early ones, you will hear the <laughs> the arc of my as I learn more about sound. Um, yeah, but I, totally. I don't. Ed, I try not to edit. It's tricky because it's like I want to put something good out there and put something that is like for other people to experience. Yeah. But also, if I spend too much time doing it, like editing it, like the conversation, like content wise. Or sometimes sound-wise, too. Like, if I if I spend too much time to it, I will, like, resent doing it and not want to do as much of it. So it's, like, a balance, yeah. especially with podcasting, where it's, like, music, it's, like, okay, let me take a year and make this thing really good. <laughs> but with podcasting, yeah. I'm, like, if I'm spending more than a few hours on this, it's, like, I I, I do think it is important just to, to put it out, at least for this style of podcast that's, like, more, like, companionship, yeah. hangout, the long conversation. chat. conversation. Yeah, yeah totally. which is what I like totally. in a podcast. I, I totally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> I, I did as well. We were, we were talking about relationships and, and relationships, um, yeah. monogamy and polyamory. And yeah. That fantasy confusing, stuff. Confusing mess of, of life. It is so fucking confusing. I also feel like there's just like, yeah, there's no, there's no right way to do things and you gotta, you gotta find your path. Yeah. As they say. Mm. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel inspired by you and you like you sharing your heart and your mind through the course of our friendship of, uh, about mm. your path. And I feel like, uh, it is just, it's, it's been a, a learning experience for me to like hear you experience things and talk about them. And uh, as I think about my own path as well, you know? Yeah, I really want to hear about your love life too, but we don't, you You got, uh, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do another podcast where I'll introduce you to my wife. Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way, I am fully married now. I have a wife. We have a long, we have a long, long, long (laughs) history together. (laughs) Um, no, but basically my love life is, um, I'm not dating anybody right now. I want to be, I feel like I always want to be. And so I'm trying to like both accept that I, that that's not happening right now and that's okay. And like, that doesn't mean Mm. that this isn't like a valid, meaningful period of my life as well. Um, and that like not being in a relationship is better than being in a bad relationship. (laughs) Or like being being with somebody that you you don't want to be with. And so there are are certain things that I've like, I've been like, oh, like maybe I should like see what that area is like again or something like that. It's like, dude, you like you ended that relationship for a reason. Like, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to fantasize that it's would be great because you're lonely right now, but that doesn't seem like a great reason to be with somebody. (laughs) Yeah, and like so, I'm swiping comfort. away. I'm swiping away on the swipe, yeah. swiping. But I like every once in a while, I like talk to somebody, and then I'm like, "We're not gonna meet up right now." <laughs> we can, but I do think if 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 there were like a 
I guess I'm I'm open to it, but it's also yeah. a challenging time to meet people. Um, totally. Yeah, to... I feel like you have to do a lot of talking, like beforehand, before ever meeting, like texting a bunch, and then yeah, doing yeah. like COVID dates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. But I think yeah. I'm. Yeah, there, there. I definitely have some big crushes in my life <laughs> and I'm like really contemplating like navigating those I'm and normally I just like do that all by myself and it goes varying degrees of successful and usually very bad <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm in <laughs> yeah. I'm in this 12-step program called Al-Anon have I talked to you about it yeah yeah I think you have word for for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what it is it's like a uh, similar to AA or Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's for friends and family members, people who's like mm. drinking has affected you. If that has, you feel like that is a 12 step program for you. Um, mm. But it, in terms of like, I've never had, I've never like used the tools of talking about making like relationship decisions or like whether or not to share my feelings, how to do it. You know, it's, I like, I think a new thing for me is like I am not alone on this path Mm. and a lot of times I will just stay in my head with stuff and things will get very distorted um yeah and it's totally reaching out to people talking things out with friends with I have a sponsor and and a therapist and stuff and trying to be like patient and I, I feel like I will get overwhelmed with like a sense of urgency where I'm like I gotta know if you love me tonight <laughs> and it's like I, I don't think that's true I think you could go to bed by a guy <laughs> just go to bed that's the best piece of advice <laughs> so I'm trying to just like do it <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I, I'm I'm trying to be more like thoughtful about how I navigate that path. And I also got mm. a tarot card reading and I was like, what do I do with a romance? <gasps> um, what they say? My friend, my friend Didi, she was like, it's so funny because in my head, I'm, it's like so like intense and whatever. And, and I was like, let me just see what the tarot card has to say. And she was like, yeah, she's like, you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> she's like, what do you want? <laughs> What do you want to do with your like romantic energy? Like it's it's like truly like like she put it in this really like light and joyous way of just like yeah, there's no wrong answers here. Like just like what do you want? And, like put it out there, go for it. And I was like, whoa, that's a really nice antidote wow. to like the heavy sort of like am I fucking everything up all the time? Ah. <laughs> yeah, what am I gonna do with my life? <gasps> so that's a that's a brief yeah. snapshot of that's my really beautiful. romance time. Aw, I really like that. Well, I encourage you to go after all of your crushes, and um, I, although I can't you really hear that crushes, that I'm because... coming for you. <laughs> Get ready, here I come. Do they know? <laughs> this is a threat. This is an announcement to all my crushes. Hey, by the way, I'm coming with you for a big gold this long is... text. No, they don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't fucking know if they know. <laughs> There's this sometimes in my threat. head where I'm like, this is a threat. I love you, God damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I'll keep you posted privately in our friendship how that goes. Yes, please. Um, sorry, podcast listeners. Boundaries. 
are we have secrets i employ, <laughs> I employ them sparely but sometimes they're important yeah no whenever i'm listening to a podcast and like something like that happens like someone will ask uh, like the the guest will ask the interviewer like a personal question, and the interviewer yeah. will like like veer it away from the right. from the personal uh, into the more general. And I'm sitting there he- listening. I'm like, damn it, just spill the beans. Spill the beans, Duncan Trussell. I want to. Yes, Duncan Trussell. Where did you move to? <laughs> did he move? Yeah, you oh, didn't he doesn't know. Say. I haven't kept up on his on his sweet podcast. I I don't I listen to the podcast anymore either. Weirdly, I just stopped. Yeah, and but, I love him. No good reason. I and every time I r- will check in and listen to one, I'm like, this is great. But for some reason, it has, yeah, it's not a uh, every week listen for me. Yeah, but I love he'll him. always give like enough information to where you're like you get in the mood of wanting to hear about his life and then he'll just like cut it off and you're like, damn it. I want to know like, who's your wife? Where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so many pods where I, as like, I've like gotten a lot from people sharing personal stuff and yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just an experiment. You know, I feel like I've shared stuff that is too personal on this podcast before. And, Mm. but also I, I don't know. I like, it is important to think about. And there are times where I just like didn't have other spaces to like work shit out (laughs) that I like have, you know, like therapy or like whatever, you know, now. Um, But it also is like, oh, I also do really like the like human vulnerable uh, immediacy of a podcast where like, there's this like married couple that's doing a podcast right now. That mm. like they're like just talking about the fuck they they just talk about the fucking pandemic every week and it's like really human and nice and I like feel less alone and like learn about relationships just from hearing these two people communicate and like Aw, that sounds yeah. nice. What's it called? It's called Stay of Homekins. It's Paul of Tompkins, <laughs> my one of my favorite comedians. And his wife, Aww, Janie cool. Hadda Tompkins. Cool. They just chat. It's very it's very fun. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just like, sometimes that are just like, we're fucking upset (laughs) 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 because it's a crazy time right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Vanessa, Mm -hmm. my sweet friend. Yeah. Would you do me and all the listeners the honor of reading some poetry (laughs) of yours? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Hell yeah. I'll do what you want me to do. <laughs> um, this is what I want. <laughs> this is what I want. Okay. Um, how many poems do you want me to read? <laughs> My dream is anywhere from one to four, I think, is the, is the, is the perfect amount. Um, but whatever you All feel right. comfortable sharing, if, the, if you feel inspired or you feel like, oh, I got to also read this one. Fucking love and trust. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Um, I'll start with one called, well, the title is Obad, and, um, an Obad is a form of poetry that is written, um, usually about, like, dawn, like the early morning, 
and mm. it's usually written by a lover um, who is like leaving their lover in the morning. Like you wake up in the morning and you gotta go. Like you know, you know when you like uh, sneak out. But I think it's actually usually not in a set and like a. Uh, uh, sneaky way. It's usually just a departure mm. poem. <laughs> oh, it has its own name, and it's like that's. It feels like a specific circumstance, and it's like a whole form. That rips. Yeah, it's a whole form. There are so many obads written, and like most poets have written one. Um, this one mm. in particular is not about like romantic love. It's about friend love, which a lot of my poems are. And then I like turn them in for workshop and people just start saying like the lover like this the lover that and i'm like it's just a friend <laughs> totally. like you need to get more used to seeing friend love in poetry but mm. um yeah yeah that's beautiful okay it's called abad how you spell abad real quick a u b a d e I think I'm pronouncing it right. People, some people say Abade, but I think that's wrong. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm sure either is fine. <laughs> Obad, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. The yard is mostly shade. A spot of sun just big enough for one delicate chair. For now, I'm part of the shadow, lying flat on dewy grass in a pile of us. I rest my head against her chest and listen to her miniature snores, those remnants of deep sleep that followed her into the day, a gentle noise she'll never notice. Look, the sky above holds up a wisp so small it risks evaporating. It tries to latch onto a bigger cloud but can't catch hold in time. And once it's gone, we join our feet together, pile them up like broken crackers on a tray. The sight is strange, these harried parts of us uniting for the first time, and we're torn apart when she steals back her feet, tucks them beneath her body, says, I want them to be mine and only mine. I wonder then what is harder to give yourself or take yourself away. The spot of sun keeps on growing. I decide it's time to move to the delicate chair. I close my eyes there and sunlight pours through me and only me like a birthday. I can still hear her voice, a remnant of sound in the shade, just close enough to be safely far away. Damn. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> whoa. Oh. Whoa, 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 I think that's whoa. one of my favorite poems wrote... that I've heard of yours. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. That's really nice. Is it harder um, to give of yeah. yourself or take yourself away? There it is right there. Boom. I'm glad that you that that's the line you remembered because that's the one I was trying to to focus like I, that's like the focal point mm. I think of, of the poem. So damn, thank you. Oh, I'm excited to listen to it back. <laughs> Yay! 
Yeah. Um, I actually wrote that about uh, an experience that we had on mushrooms. <laughs> mm. So Sun, that's Sunlight a passes through secret. me like a birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a secret Easter egg <laughs> for the podcast listener. Yeah, just, just for the pod listeners. Nobody else gets to know that um, I do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any other drugs. It's just psychedelics. <laughs> I swear. Hell yeah. Um, okay, I can read another one now. This I would love. Um, okay, this one is called Ants. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's called Ants. I spot a little guy munching on a wrinkled berry in the compost pail. Later, it will cough up the seedy contents of its social stomach to share with the family. On the metal pail's lip, another one hauls a millimeter feast of something I thought too small to eat or cherish. I scan along the blue faux marble, a dotted line like the ones kids draw trailing colored pencil bees. Bees, the nobler and more noted insect, bigger bodies with harsher consequences. The color of the ant is almost absent, a hue made more of motion than tint, spotted only when it moves. A still ant is mistaken easily for a poppy seed lost from this morning's bagel. And while my crumbs fall in a lazy mess on the counter, splotched about like any other dropped thing, the ant is neat, determined as an anxious tourist to get where it needs to go. No stopping for a quick sip of pollen along the way, no matter how bright the bud. Something in me fears the regimented line, the way one ant leads so seamlessly into the next, like a river. And while I've tried to learn by heart the river's separate parts, I only truly know it as a whole. And if one ant, by some mistake or shuffling foot, gets thrown off track, it won't know what to do. The ant needs and is needed to be there and there alone, not for what it learns or says or wants, but for its body, its direction, its correct position in the arrow of motion, its place along the trail of pheromones. Later in the shower, I spot a lone ant on a bar of soap. It is so many acres away from the kitchen, from the compost pail, from the dashes inching along the blue faux marble. If I brought a single cracker, left it on the tub's rim, the lone ant could live a lifetime here. More than enough food, more than enough to see and do, but I know the lone ant can't. The lone ant can't see, can't do, can't eat. The stomach wasn't built for one, antennae designed to feel around for other life. I know it will walk along the bar of soap until it shakes 
knees wobbly like a crying chin before lying down to rest. Mm. Mm. That was beautiful. Thank you. Little ants. I hate them so much, but I admire them. <laughs> mm. What a good way to put it. <sighs> yeah. I think that's good. Those were kind of long, so. Mm. Well, I guess that second one was kind of long. I don't really feel the need to read more. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing uh, your beautiful poetry. Is there a place where people can go to check out more of what you do? Do you feel like sharing? Um, or, you can Google me. I don't really have um, <laughs> I don't really have like a website or anything like that. But or, um, yeah, Google me. Um, I have an Instagram, but it's private, and there's nothing interesting on there. So, <laughs> if people Google you, will they find some of your poems? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Yes. You got this, listener. <laughs> Vanessa's name is in the episode title that you're listening to right now. I believe in you. I trust you. You got this. <laughs> is there anything that you, uh, any recommendations that you have for people to either like just poetry in general to check out um, or delicious snacks that people are sleeping on or fun show <laughs> anything that you yes. uh, you think that people would fuck with that you any any quick recommendations um oh, quick recommendations are hard for me but i do want to say um people should buy one book of poetry this month just do it find something yeah. that looks interesting to you and just get it because i know mm. a lot of people don't read poetry and are like intimidated by it and right. um and i and i hate that i think the thing that i hate mm. the most about poetry is how scared people are of it and the way mm. that it makes itself seem scary but it's not it's incredible mm. um and this is your invitation it, it, people <laughs> This your invitation to start reading some poetry. Yeah, and dive you can just in. like if you um if you wanna know if you actually want a recommendation, you could uh um hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> DM me, I'll give you a rec. My uh my yeah. Instagram handle is um Big Lemon. Big <laughs> Lemon I love Big Lemon. <laughs> It's so funny to just say your Instagram handle out loud. <laughs> yeah, recently, again? Mac and the Destroyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? That's supposed to be ironic. <laughs> I just think it's like a funny old, like an ancient Greek name of like, you know, you had like Ivan the Terrible. That's not ancient Greek. That's a Russian person, a uh, history person. I don't, uh, again, I'm out of my depths, but I just think it's like... <laughs> Mac in the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Just gives me a kick. <laughs> well, I think I it's like funny. It. Hey, thanks. It is funny. It is funny. <laughs> Are there any underscores in your dang Instagram name? Or yeah, is it just I think it's Big like Lemon? two 
underscores. It's like two underscores and then big lemon and then two more underscores after. So like sandwiched in between two underscores. Big lemon sandwich. <laughs> Vanessa! Big lemon sandwich. Yeah! Hey, I love you. Thanks so much for making time to uh, to talk and to chat. And uh, I would love to go on that walk that you go on. I would love to accompany you on that walk. I'm inviting myself. <laughs> or rather, I'm suggesting it. Like an I don't, no, don't want to kill all your friends. <laughs> no, I want to see you. I want to see you. But that would be so um, fun. I would, I would love to hang out. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Thank Hell you yeah. for having cool. me. I really had a great time talking to you. Thanks for listening to me talk and for asking great questions and for sharing your own stuff. This was great. Hell yeah. Bye, Vanessa. Sweet. Bye. Talk to you later. Happy Santa. Happy Santa. Happy Santa.